welcome to Two Guys One Dice Cup episode 11. This uh, episode is entitled Flat Out Like a Lizard Drinking. Uh, my name is uh, Al Goldeneye Unicorn and I have got with me Phil from Arash's Cairns. Thank God. There's always that second there, Phil, when you don't answer and I think if you just hung up and I just, and I'm I just, leave, it, I just leave a little tiny pregnant pause just uh, to wet your whistle to get you on edge. Yep. Like it I does. like it you. Gets, it gets me <laughs> an edge every time, mate. So, uh, yeah, welcome to episode 11. And flat out like a lizard drinking is a, a big indicator that today we are going to be talking about uh, lizard men in our rookie, uh, rookie coaches section. So I know this is a team that you've, you've got a lot of experience with, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I've played a reasonable amount of tournament games with these guys and a lot of uh, sort of like Blood Bowl 2 with them and stuff as well. Um, probably one of my favourite teams, yeah. Good. Have you have you ever I'm played as them? <laughs> I have never I have never used Lizards, but they are one of the teams that I'd like to um to pick up sometime in the next sort of two years. And yeah. I'm sure it's just I'm sure it's just come down to I've never found models that I've fallen completely in love with yet. I'm sure you've played uh, them a fair, played against them a fair uh Oh, mind as well, yeah. yeah. I've I've had some absolute fantastic games against them, and I've had some absolute howlers against them as well. You know, um, but I'm sure that'll all come up in the rookie coaches section as we as we chat about it. But uh, I guess first of all, we should knock on the door and then um, find out what what games have we actually been playing on the games front. And yeah, uh, I suppose for you, you've. I'm sure you've got some wins to regale the the listeners with, so have at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we hadn't <laughs> we hadn't started uh, uh, the league alignment uh, by the last podcast, had we? No, no, no. But or, you or had, had we? Um, yeah. No, we hadn't. You guys had been playing locally in the Aberdeen League. Well, yeah, on fumble locally, local players. So I'll cover the the Aberdeen. Uh, games uh, before um, I cover the uh, the league alignment ones, then we'll because I know you're just playing in that league. So um, as far as the the Aberdeen league goes, um, I ended up winning the first event uh, with my Nurgle team. Uh, went three wins and no losses. We played pretty small events that build into a larger league uh, over six months. Um, so that that went really well. Um, and then we kicked off um, the second event, so the February event, um, last week. Um, and my first game was against a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Gordon, uh, GWI1874. Gross me every time I hear that fucking stupid name. Fucking stupid nerf names. Aye. So he's, yep. got, he's got High Elves and I've got Nurgle. Um, and Gordon's uh, pretty lucky. I think we've mentioned it before in the fact that he has uh, a propensity for ending up with uh, stat-up players uh, or decent doubles. Uh, and he had on his team of high elves a strength four catcher. Um, That's lucky. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, and he now no longer has a strength four catcher. <laughs> oh, dear. I killed it in the last game. Uh, he, I, I don't think he was particularly happy. Uh, it was a, I, I, I minus edged it in the first half, and he appoed it. 
Um, and then yeah. I killed it outright in turn 15. Uh, so <laughs> while I was uh, stalling my way to a, a 1-1 draw in the game. So, uh, no, it was a good uh, it was a good game. I, do, I don't think he enjoyed it as much as I did from that respect. It was a really was a game of two halves. He uh, he scored in my drive and I scored in his. Um, I'd burned both my rerolls in the first two turns uh, with blocks, double skull, and a, a double both down. Uh, mm-hmm. Before I'd even had a chance to pick up the ball, and both both ball pickups were uh, were failures for me. And then he did the usual elf shit and snuck in there and. And tanked away with it. I did manage to kind of get a few guys on the ball carrier uh, and force him to score. But uh, the second half was a completely different affair. And uh, I think his passing crapped out in his first turn. Um, just moving in terms of just moving it to the strength four guy, and then it just went downhill from there. I think he failed it uh, whenever he went uh, or went for a go for it. Um, it just went wrong. Um, yeah. And then, it, and then the the spiraling effect of uh, players going off and uh, things going wrong obviously kind of takes its toll. And um, things started going right for me, uh, and it was good. It was it's still a good game. Whenever I play Gordon, it's always a an enjoyable game because he's a he's a good blood bowl player. So um, it's a, usually a fairly tactical affair. So that's just one what game was, into the next thing. What was the final score? It was one one, um, okay. So it was pretty pretty tense. Um, I think that's that's just because we played twice uh, in in close proximity. Um, so the other league, um, we've only played the one game so far in the February event. The other league, which is the league alignment, which you are in, a member of as well. Yes. Uh, Gordon and I were playing in the first round of that as well. Uh, he's got um, chaos renegades. And I've got Amazons, um, and that was a nil-nil draw as well. So uh, very tense, very tactical. Um, good, good fun again, though. But couldn't cut a, a knife between the quality of the teams. Uh, um, and my other game in that one was uh, just a couple of days ago against other friend of the podcast, uh, Hipster Potter, and uh, I beat him two nil. Beat the slam two nil. Slam, yeah. Yeah, that was a, a, a total punch fest. There was a, a death, uh, a badly hurt, and a KO uh, in each of our first first turns. Well, he killed one of mine in his first turn with his first block. And then in my first turn, I badly hurt one of his and uh, um, uh, KO'd another. And then that one just traded blows until uh, everything went wrong for him. I had Roxy because I had a, a fair amount of uh, um, inducements. Uh, so I was taking the opportunity to run out Roxy while she's uh, available for the Amazons and she fluffed a two-up pass uh, and uh, put, put me right in the shit. This was while I was, uh, after i just turned him over. Um, yep. I would have been away at that point. But nah, it was a it was a good game. Two two nil was probably a little on the flattering side. I think he deserved a touchdown fairly late on because uh, he still had a couple of turns to score. And I think he probably would have done it, but the dice were just not going his way towards the end. So yeah, uh, 
It's, it's not too bad. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have draw for the first two games in the Lineman League. So, how about no. yourself? What have you been well done. To? I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my, I've had two games in the Lineman League, and um, so I'm still running my Lineman League high elves, which. You know, I've got some really good players. You know, I've got a couple, I've got a blodger, I've got a wrestle tackle guy, I've got a couple of edge increases. One guy with edge five and dodge. I've got sure hands with um, leader. You know, I've got I've got some really good pieces. But I think I'm starting to I'm starting to suffer quite a bit from the team value being, I guess maybe a little bit overinflated because of all the agility. You know, all the edge four that I do have. I don't seem to be getting any sort of real benefit from it anymore. Um, that's maybe just a, a, a quibble in my head. But the, the, the games I played, I uh, played against uh, Corn Team first off. It was uh, Stephen Brands who, you know, he's been in all the all the Lyman leagues. This is our third game, and the previous two games have been losses for me. And the those games have been, you know, highlighted of abysmal dice from myself actually before i get into that i should say stephen brands is a better player than i am <laughs> let's just yeah i just yeah, yeah i is. just want to make i just want to make sure that that's out there before i start crapping yeah. on <laughs> current um, team scotland player yeah you know a qualified team scotland player he didn't you know get picked from nowhere to play he, uh, he won the points and earned his place he's um, a little bit more than a warm body on a seat Exactly, um, you know. So my dice have not been well, not been good against them, and his dice have been average. So when you've got a good player with average dice against a poor player with bad dice, it's just shit pie. Um, so the third game was exactly the same. Uh, sadly, it was. You know what? I don't even remember any highlights or low lights it was just a game of blood bowl but i was outplayed and um and i lost i think it was one nil uh, there was a death and a couple of other yeah there was a armor stat down that happened um but i kept him because he's got tackle and wrestle so good bloke so that was the first game so props to steven for winning um not much I could have done my second game was against a human team ran by JC, uh, Jamie Campbell. Uh, Jamie, I should also put out there, is, is a better player than I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's actually quite a common occurrence. Uh, whenever I play Blood Bowl in this league, the, the, my opposition is better than I am. Um, but he had, he had some inducements on me, so he got a wizard. And it was a really close game. Uh, you know, we were trading KOs and casualties. Uh, it was nip tuck for ball possession, and it all came down to one pivotal moment when he got a one dice on my um, bludgeon ball carrier, put him down, and the ball went onto the sideline. And yeah. then I, I did a block against one of his pieces pushed him onto the ball, the ball went into the crowd and then the crowd booted it uh, towards my end zone and you know, I wouldn't say it was poor positioning but I was I was down a couple of players on Jamie at that point it was something like 
you know, 10 plays 8 or some some version of that. And uh, a lot of the pieces in that area had already actioned and he had a, a random guy closer. So he was able to scoop the ball up and stall out to get a 1-0 win. Um, so it was it was a it was a close game, and that was I think that was truly the only point that that tipped it. Yeah, so it was I, a high... I watched it back, and and that that was the 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 key moment. Uh, was that would that the direction that ball went? Because if it had gone in the other direction, you'd have scored. I, quite, without I had a plenty of pieces there. Yeah, yeah. The, but did you see? There was one super high, superb highlight from Mapley. Did you see it? Were you watching at that point? Which one was that? The uh... when my Edge Five Dodger went on an absolute fucking ticky tour around the board. Oh yeah, um, the, the dodges through the the thing. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the for the listeners, um, I, I did six dodges and two go for it, and I didn't use any reroll of any kind. No, it was uh, ridiculous. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mapped it out to put an extra tackle zone on the ball carrier. Uh, which paid off because he had to use a reroll to clear that that play, and uh, that obviously impeded the rest of that turn, uh, the rest of that drive. So, sorry, but yeah, the first dodge was um, four plus. It was like a four plus, three plus, two plus, three plus, two plus, two plus. It was just insane L stuff. And then I was on um, I was on chat with Jamie, and you could just hear him howling, just howling at the moon, and say. <laughs> As this this elf just went da, 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 dance his way through, but um, the other highlight you know, was the, uh, the main goal of. Sorry, there you go. No, no, I was going to say the main the main drive of the Lyman League is good, and that game certainly provided. Um, and then there was the the flurry of fouls at the end, which was pretty funny. The other highlight from that, yeah, that's Jamie doing. That's the, all the. Uh, on you go, sorry. The other, the other highlight from that one was Jamie doing the one dice pow on the blodger after dodging. That was just before you put the ball out into the crowd. It was just like a like a full yeah, on. Yeah, that was when he. I popped the ball. Sorry, that was, that was him sacking the ball carrier. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good game. It was worth watching. Yeah. But yeah, that's Blood Bowl, and as I said, the Lyman League is about entertainment. And you know, myself and Jamie had a good, a good entertaining game and a good laugh. Um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not upset by that. And I think out of that game, I managed to roll another double, so I got another guard piece. So I've got two, two players with guards, so that should assist me a little bit. Um, in my next game coming up, which is against. GWI, whatever his name is. Ah, uh, you play Borden next year. Uh, I yeah, believe so. Yeah, but he yeah. was, he was, yeah, he was whinging. No, he wasn't. He wasn't whinging on. He was um, uh, Jamie because I think he uh, knocked out a uh, uh, this next game a player. So. Yeah, just uh, don't foul any of his players in the last turns. Yeah, I can't see that happening, mate. Just uh, there is a, a sure hands plus edge dodge guy that uh, that's asking for 
the old uh, boot up the rectum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll be back to his uh, his uh, his happy go lucky self uh, for that game. I think I think it's, it's compounded by the fact that he's obviously he's got a new a new baby, uh, so he's probably not sleeping very well. And to have some no. prick uh, murder the uh, the best player on his team uh, um, was uh, not a not an exciting moment of his day that day. No. So, <laughs> oh dear, poor 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 elves. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he well you never know he might take it out on you. Uh, he might take it out most on you. People, most people do. That's fine. Anyway, so um, so with gaming being that limited, I think that's that covers it, doesn't it? Yeah, I've not played any other games. I haven't played anything on Blood Bowl Two. I've watched a few streams here and there. I watched uh, Mike Davies. Um, uh, he's another one with a stupid fucking naff name. Uh, San, whatever the fuck it is, um, he's been playing or uh, or played a couple of games on the um, tabletop simulator of Blood Bowl twenty twenty. Ah, yeah, uh, that was yeah. that was interesting to watch. Um, I think, I mean, what what it kind of uh, relies on is you understanding the rules because it's pretty much like just playing a game in real life, except you're just moving the pieces digitally. Um, so you've got to know the rules. It's not like Fumble or Football 2 where the rules are coded in. You've, you've literally got to know what the rules are. Uh, but I watched him play... Uh, oh, God, what's the guy's name? It's one of the guys from uh, the Squad Chaos podcast. But they, they had a uh, they had a good game. It was uh, Norse versus Necro, I want to say. Uh, so that's worth a watch if uh, if you're interested to see how that works. And it piqued my interest a little bit as well, so um, might might try that out at some point. Uh, but other than that, no, I've not played any other games online. Have you played Catan at all? Or are you? Uh, oh yeah, um, got got a couple of games of Catan, and, and oh look, I don't think I've won. I think my winning streak came to a, a crashing crashing end. But uh, yeah, I looked a few games, a few games of Catan to keep myself entertained do some crazy things it's it's bizarre I think I was I caught up at one point that there's like a bizarre Catan uh, World Championship right like board game World Championship I was aware of it a few years ago you know when there was for the for the actual board game you would get together a bit like if you went to a war a, a Blood Bowl tournament yeah there's Catan there's Catan tournaments where you earn points and then you get to go forward to a World Championship thing so Okay, you know, I'd, it'd be interesting to see if, if uh, you know anybody ever from Scotland ever does that. But anyway, that that's just a random, random aside. So uh, no, other than that, no gaming at all. But what's on the table? Our next section is very exciting. Yeah, yeah, I believe you actually have a table now. Well, um, last time for best endeavors. We had a, you know, I'd set myself the goal to actually get my hobby room set up, and and it's happened, it's done. I'm I can't believe it's actually worked. Uh, you know, I'm sitting right now. I'm sitting at the table, 
I've got there's paints and fucking super glues and brushes and there's models I've actually started building and uh, the Imperial Nobility team from the Blood Bowl 2020 box set. Awesome. Which is oh they're great. They're great models. Um but because I haven't been that active in the hobby, you know, for whatever year or more it was, or not under a year, ten months. Let's call it ten months. Uh, I have I have encountered all the all the problems that you know people building models encounter. Uh, the first night I was building, I cut myself twice with a scalpel and drew blood. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, can't believe that just uh. happened. Uh, and uh, I dropped a couple of pieces, and uh, like the 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 room I'm in is still a mountain of boxes you know, surrounding this table. Uh, so I heard the tink. It's a new noise, you know, being a new room. I heard the tink and the bounce and uh, managed to find two out of three pieces. Uh, one piece is just gone. It was a shoulder guard for some imperial bodyguard or something. Uh, but, for, you know, luckily I had a spare bit which would, would fit in. And sadly, this is probably the most annoying thing, I over over glued uh, <laughs> Griff's head. Oh no! Yeah, so I lost I've lost a little bit of detail on Griff's head, um, which was just I can't believe such a noob mistake. But <laughs> you know, I've managed to I've managed to clean it up and save it, you know, a bit. But uh, it just it grated my pride more than anything. You know, being a this super experienced hobbyist and you know builder of models on that first day I'm like oh for fuck's sake I fucking cut my thumb prick back um, but it was just I, I think it was just the the hobby's way of reintroducing myself back into it um, how, but other than how that did you, how did you find Griff's head in terms of putting it together because I know there was been a fair amount of people having the same amount of issues uh of uh, tolerance that I had with the pump wagon on Griff's head. It was, it was a shocking, shocking construction. Um, the way it's, I think the way it's laid out in the instructions and the way you actually should probably have to do it are totally different. Um, so to make it work, I actually shaved off a lot of Griff's head at the back that would sort of fit into the helmet to make it fit. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, got you. Uh, I, yeah, I, think, I, don't, uh, I don't think... Well, it's. I mean the 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 sprues are tightly packed, which is good for the consumer. You know, it means we've got lots of cool options and cool bits, and you know we get it for a good price. But it's the outcome of uh, of miniatures that are you know a product of CAD. You know, that's that's where they're designed, and then they're sliced up in CAD, and then the sprues you know done on CAD again. Uh, you know, without maybe the, the practicality of, of the construction, you know, and, and you'll get little little bits will come out like that, like Griff's head or, you know, the Snotland pump wagon far out. I hear that's exciting. I can't wait to get uh, myself one. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've only built one because uh, I can't be arsed building the other one at the moment. Uh, I think I need a good period of uh, reflection uh, before, I, <laughs> before I, I use that one. Oh god! Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's a trend with some of the GW things at the moment. They're really nice looking models, but either the instructions aren't 
detailed enough or show the orientation of the bits that they're trying to put together in the uh, or you're trying to put together in the instructions uh, in a, a weird way so you can't quite get what they're wanting you to do with it uh, and like always yeah. I, mean, I mean you and i are both reasonably experienced model builders so we test fit things and we do all the, the stuff that you're supposed to do and yet you can still have a pain in the arse for these things easily yeah that's that's exactly it um yeah so you know i would i would say to the the rookie coaches you know just to just to be patient you know we're we're, we're really lucky that games workshop are producing such fantastic models these are these are the best they've ever done um, yes you know and and for the the cost the cost as well sorry listeners my new hobby chair is really creaky um, if you can hear that, I, I do apologise. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you're uh, wearing a pair of uh, pleather underpants. Yeah, it's, it's a creaky chair, I can assure you. But what I was what I was saying to the the coach is the the miniatures that we've got access to these days they're excellent. So just just bear with them. Um, you know, take a bit of bit of patience and a bit of practice to uh, to put them together. But I'm just happy to report. That I'm actually, you know, building models again, and uh, and I'm having a good time. All right, well, that's that's the important thing. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, if you can, uh, if you can keep the momentum going with that and start getting some more painting hours in, I'm sure you'll be back in your happy place. Yeah. Look, the goal for this Imperial Nobility team. Is purely a an end, uh, a re-entry into the the hobby of of building and painting for me. So just to get myself back in the groove. So there, um, you know, I've managed to pick up a couple of extra pieces, which I'll do a few minor conversions, so that I should be able to say produce a team that's got eight eight linemen instead of the six mm-hmm. that you get with a box set. And um, so I'll have a you know full set of positionals. I'm going to do a, a nice simple black and white color scheme for them, and uh, you know the black I'll highlight up to a deep blue, and the white I'll start from a I don't know if I'll start it from a a dark blue or a lighter blue, but you know it'll be quite a cold color palette with um with bronze armor plating, and once they are painted uh, and ready to go, I'll be I'll be selling them straight away. Uh, for for a, a quite a reasonable price, you know, considering what what painted teams would usually go for, um, and that money will be going towards my three um, D printing project. Yeah, have you got your STL files for the uh, Lost Kingdoms thing? So they come through. The Lost Kingdoms they've they've just started releasing them um, to the Kickstarter backers uh, but the, they've got the two types there's the supported and unsupported files Yeah. Um, so I'm not bothering to download the unsupported files yet because I don't um, obviously don't have the skills yet to put in all my own supports to print them um, and I'll, I'll do it but in the end I'll just spend the night and I'll once they've released them all I'll just download them all and then I'll have them Mm-hmm. Uh, so another, but another on time. You know, they said February, uh, it's early February. Well, middle of February now. 
yeah, middle of February, yeah. and they are they're starting to put them out. And you know, people on on the different three D printing groups are starting to um, you know starting to print them, and some of them are getting some really good results. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But again, I want to get the funds together first to uh, actually make all the purchases I need, and I don't want to spend real money. And by yeah. real money, I mean like money you earn from a job. I want to finance it by uh, stuff that I'm, you know, able to produce either by painting or selling off old projects or other random uh, toy soldier stuff. So, yeah, mate, I'm in a good place. Good shit. That's brilliant. It's good that you're back oh. in it. Uh, yeah. And the other stupid thing that happened, I spent more money. Fuck. Uh, and you, <laughs> you were you were privy to that. Oh, oh yeah, was, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I've got the money starting to come in. You know, I'm selling off some of my um, uh, some of my older older stuff. You know, I sold some uh, Harley Quinn Rogue Trader jet bikes. You know, old school hobbyists. I'll know that they've got the weird, the funny sort of face canopy. They're quite sought after. I got some good money for that some Praetorian Guard stuff, so I've got the money coming in, I'm watching my PayPal account increase, which is like, yeah, let's get on it. And then on the on Facebook, there's the Old Hammer trading site, trading page, Yeah. and somebody put up 10 um, Rogue Trader Metal Terminators for a really sharp price. It was just really, really sharp. And, you know, they were, they were painted in Dark Angel's Deathwing colour scheme, uh, which you know the colours came to some because I'm going to be stripping them anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But I was just sitting there, and I was I was sharing my concerns in the Facebook group for the the Liverpool Lineman League, and you guys were fucking no help at all straight away. Oh, <laughs> Everybody buy, was buy like, them. just buy it, yeah, just buy them, buy them, buy them. Um, yeah, so I bought them, and they they arrived on time. And it turns out it was from the same guy that I bought the predator and the two rhinos from. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, he was a he was a trusted source. And I was like, "Fuck!" So, you know, so money in, money out. But, and you know what? It's 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 cool. I'm happy that I got them. But yeah, that's that's actually that's pretty cool. That's the only money I've I've spent outgoing uh, on toy soldiers. So. How cool was that? I actually had something to contribute in this section. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what have I so been what about doing? yourself? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I said I'd, I was going to do last time because I know I've done very little. Um, I've just not been feeling it. Uh, I've kind of focused on a, on one one thing uh, more than anything else, which is um, paint and Clark Smash Rip, uh, the Forge mm-hmm. World model. Uh, so I finished that uh, just earlier on today. Just got the base to do now, um, and that, that's come together reasonably good. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know why. I don't know if I bought anything else. Um, I've not really even. I've painted a little bit of uh, wood elf. Um, I painted the skin on uh, one one of the um, uh, war dancers because um, they're obviously uh, taps off. 
Um, so uh, I got the the skin done on one of them. Uh, but yeah, it's been pretty quiet. I mean, this is only like two two and a bit weeks since we last recorded. Uh, so yeah, for the rookie coaches and other listeners, we did um, fast track our recording schedule just to make up some time when we had a few sort of cancelled weeks or we had some recording IT issues so we were a little bit behind schedule so you know I think you know we can be forgiven for not if we haven't all completed our best endeavours but I think uh, I mean the one thing you never mentioned though mate was the the eyes that you painted on the oh yeah aye 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 I, uh, yeah, I, hey, <laughs> yeah. like a pro. Uh, I did. Um, I did. I'm, I've, I've never really done much of the way of kind of like human looking eyes because most of the models I paint are either uh, lizards for Seraphon or like dead things for or uh, decaying things for Nurgle. So I'd give uh, give it a bash. Um, they came out all right, actually. I, I wasn't me. I, was, I thought you you got a fantastic effect. They look, the guys look really intense, as as you would expect them. Yeah, I can't remember who I, I read. I was reading or watching somebody's uh, guide to painting eyes uh, ages and ages ago, um, with a view to trying it on something, and then. I remembered back to the to them saying the positioning of of eyes is important because. Uh, in terms of the pupils, because it's just, you're you're seeing it from multiple angles, and it's not quite the same as looking at a, like an actual face where the eyes are moving mm-hmm. and stuff. You, it's very easy to make them either wall-eyed or cross-eyed. Um, so there's yep. something to do with where you kind of place them uh, to to make it look kind of more natural. But yeah, they've come out looking like like they're focusing on what they're doing at least anyway. And and I'm I'm, just, I'm happy enough with them for a first a- attempt. Um, oh mate, was, I think you, I think you smashed them. It was uh, ah, cheers. I think I think they do look reasonably good. And it's just uh, a case of practice for that. It's one of those things that I always do when I'm painting the eyes. You kind of just about pass out uh, for the breath holding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> when you're going in for the thing, because um, I mean, I know a lot of folk paint eyes earlier in the process, but I always forget. Uh, so I end up doing it when I've already done a lot of the skin. Uh, the skin. Um, so this time round, I did them early doors, um, mm-hmm. so it wasn't quite as bad. But even then, you know, like you just kind of like go in there. And you're like, if I sneeze or jump or anything like that, this is going straight across its face. It's just uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, fun, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but yeah. Else other than that, no, they, they really are a sort of hold your breath, hold your breath moment. Um, but no, it's I think you got a great result, mate. The, the other, the only other thing I've been doing, um, is uh, crying internally, uh, about uh, I'm, I'm painting another team for uh, McNugget, uh, or McNaughty 69, I think he still is on the NAF, um. So I'm painting a Grebo lizard team for him. Mm-hmm. Mother of God, why, 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 why did they decide to make the skinks six different parts? The skinks, 
<laughs> Not the Soros, <laughs> the skinks. The skinks are in six different bits. I'm, I'm, I'm st- even looking at them. I, when I took them out of the box, I'm struggling to work out how it was necessary for them to be in six different bits. Like they've got separate jaw, uh, jaw parts. You know, like uh-huh. I mean, um, everything's so small and fiddly anyway. So I can guarantee I'm gonna. That's gonna be a bollock to to put together. Um, but I mean, having seen them uh, put together and painted, they are really nice models. Uh, yeah. So it'll be worth it in the end. Um, but the uh, uh, it's just one of these things. It's like you're we're, we're talking about design and stuff like that, and uh, thinking about what you're actually trying to achieve. Uh, I'm not sure that hits the mark design wise at all uh it's just i don't know what the th- I, i'd love to know what the thought process behind it was um i mean even the the saurus are in like, a significant amount of bits um and you're talking about metal miniatures as well aren't you yes yeah so that's even crazier yeah I mean, because if you had if you had plastic miniatures that came with that many pieces, you've at least got a, a good, very very good chance that they're all going to go together well because they're made of plastic, and the molds are produce a much more consistent product. But when it comes to metal, you know the the molds disintegrate uh, a lot quicker, and they'll also disintegrate at different um, different speeds. So some pieces will fit, some pieces won't, and you know you're never you're never guaranteed to get pieces that have all come from the same you know product run if they're yeah. you know if they're split up into bins and then they're picked. So uh, sucks yeah. for you, mate. I don't know. I won't know for mugs. I won't know how um, I won't know how badly they'll need gap filled as well until I started on the way there you know i mean i'm hoping that they won't need masses uh but you never know um so like i say they look they look really nice and they're nice miniatures um i would just like to have had maybe two or three bits max for the skinks yeah it's the sort of thing i can't i can't i for the life of me i can't figure out how you couldn't get like a head and body and then maybe need the tail pinned that that's mm-hmm. about it uh, like the Croxagore is in the least amount of bits. It's it's in the three, bit, three bits, and it's the biggest bit. So like, and even then, one of those bits is tenuous as to whether it would be required to be a separate piece, uh, and that's the tip of its tail. Um, I can only imagine it's some sort of undercutting of the mold uh, that means that mm-hmm. it can't. Uh, it had to be uh, separate, but fuck my life. Uh, so, so I'll stay with that one. Because <laughs> I mean, everybody, anybody who's listened to the podcast knows I hate building miniatures anyway. But um, uh, by so I appreciate a well put together miniature or a, a miniature that's easy to put together a lot more. Um, and uh, these aren't in that category uh, at all. However. The Black Orc and Orc team that I've got from Grievo are, and they go together really, really well, and they are in like two or three bits, or maybe four bits more than the most. So, yes, 
Um, I'm, I'll I'll be making a start on one of those two teams at some point in the next month. Um, I would hope. Um, but but that's all I've done this month is cry and paint cool. art. Cool, mate. Yep. So I think we're off to we're off to rookie coaches next. Yeah, listen up then. It's time to talk about lizard men. Yes. Oh dear. It was a tight vote though this this time around because we had lizard men up against the uh, necromantic horrors. Yes. And and what was what was the actual vote count this time? So we're still being shafted by uh, the poll thing. Um, so I, I actually, I was looking back at uh, previous polls that we'd done when uh, Facebook wasn't an epic pile of uh, anal bleeding. Uh, and uh, when we did the Chaos Renegades one, I can't remember who we were up against for that. Was it Underworld? We had 252 votes. Um, this time we had 29 votes. That's fucking <laughs> miserable. It was. It's an improvement on on the previous month uh, where we had uh, twenty five. So yeah, I mean, it's still it's still not great. Um, so we, uh, the it was very tight in the end. Uh, Lizards had fifteen and Necro had fourteen. Um, so yeah, it could have gone either way. I feel. Um, for the record, and for the rookie coaches that are listening, and for those people that didn't vote, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> and I also wanted yeah. to put out there that both myself and Phil voted for Necromantic Horror. What the fuck have you guys got against Necromantic Horror? Did I vote for them? I am pretty sure you did. Yeah, I think we both I, we both voted I, for them. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not convinced. Let me check. Um, oh, Stuart's inquiry. Stuart's inquiry. I was excited. I was no, I've, to no, no, I voted for lizards. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. You yeah, nightmare. But yeah, I what a folk got against necromantic horror. Exactly. Uh, anyway, well, look, I think uh, to get properly cracking into um, the lizards for the rookie coaches that are listening, we should start giving that a rundown on their um, positionals. And. I can never remember whose turn it is. It's your it's your turn to go through the positionals this time. Motherfucker. Okay. So Lizardman teams. Uh, if you've got your rule books in front of you guys, uh, you're going to page one hundred and eighteen. And Lizardman teams start with zero to twelve skink runner linemen. And they cost sixty thousand gold pieces each. Movement eight, strength two. Agility 3 plus, passing 4 plus, armor 8 plus. They start off with the skills dodge and stunty, and primary access is agility, and their secondary access is general passing and strength. Next up in the lineup is the chameleon skinks. They are 0 to 2, so a lot rarer uh, than their normal counterparts. 70,000 gold pieces each. Movement 7, Strength 2, Agility 3+, plus, Passing 3+, plus, Armor 8+, plus, and they start off with Dodge, On the Ball, Shadowing and Stunty, uh, and they have the same skill access as their uh, Runner Lineman Brothers, Agility as their primary, and then they've got General, Passing and Strength as their secondary options. Uh, 
the good the good stuff. Uh, Soros blockers, they are zero to six and cost eighty five thousand gold pieces. Movement six, strength four, agility five plus, passing six plus, armor ten plus. They don't start with anything. Primary skill access as general and strength, and secondary skill access as agility. And then the big daddy, zero to one, is your Croxagore. It costs 140,000 gold pieces. Move six, strength five, agility five plus. Passing is nope. They do not pass the ball. And armor value 10 plus. Skill wise, bonehead. They've got Loner at a 4 plus, Mighty Bow Low plus 1, Prehensile Tail, Thick Skull. Primary skill is Strength. Secondary skill access is Agility in general. And then the ancillary stuff. Team rerolls are 70,000 gold pieces each. The, according to the rulebook, they're classified as Tier 1. They get access to an Apothecary. And their special rule keyword is uh, the Lustrian Super League. That about yep. sums them up. Yeah. Uh, they've been hit with the old nerf hammer a little bit. Yes. Um, yes, they, I suppose they have, but we'll, I think that'll become, some of that will become apparent as we, as we talk uh, through our rosters. And we do, I'm sure the listeners and the rookie coaches are sick of hearing me, but do we do tournament lists or league lists first? <laughs> <laughs> we do league lists first, or then tournament lists. Far out, right? Um, I knew that. So league lists. So for the rookie coaches and for new rookie coaches that are joining us, myself and Phil create our rosters independently of each other. So we always make sure that you get our natural reactions when we present them to yourselves and to each other. Uh, and for our league rosters, we always take a league that starts with a cool million gold pieces. And it's bad turn to start, isn't it? Uh, no, I think I go first if you've done the reedy thing. That sounds like a brilliant plan, Phil. F- fuck knows. Uh, well, let's do it like that anyway. Okay. Um, let's, let's go for it. Okay, so one mil, one mil, one mil. Um, so six Saurus. Mm-hmm. Four skinks, four skink runner linemen, uh, and one chameleon skink, and two rerolls comes in at 960k with 40k in the bank. Okay. Now, I thought, I thought I was going to be doing something extremely far out there and different. But it turns out, mate, I've done exactly the same as you have. <laughs> I have there's, thoughts. There's, yeah, there's literally nothing else you can do that works as far as I'm concerned. You know? yep. so. I've got six Saurus blockers, one chameleon skink, four skink runner linemen, two rerolls, and I, I bothered to splash the cash out on an assistant coach and a cheerleader to come in at 980,000 gold pieces. Yeah, I mean, I had contemplated on the uh, uh, the assistant coach and uh, cheerleader, but or even putting it into dedicated fans or what have you uh, for money generation. Yeah. But um, like, you need 
an apple fairly quickly and you need to buy a Crocs. So, I mean, that's 190k that you need to spend um, fairly early, I think, to make the team work a lot better. Um, so, I mean, talking about the build itself, I mean, I looked at stuff like dropping down a couple of the Saurus to get the Crocs in, but then there's a lot of a lot of issues with that in terms of reliability. Um, I, it's a shame to not get the Crocs in at the start because it's one of the better big guys. Um, but but if you look at if you look at the costs, you know, like the Saurus blockers have gone up by five k each, so that's instantly you've uh, you've spent uh, what thirty. 30k uh, yep. more than you would normally do. The re-rolls have gone up by 10k, so you've, that's another, 10, uh, another 20k in this instance. So yeah. I mean you could so have... You're, yeah, I mean so back, you're, 50, you're 50k more spent than you would normally be. Yeah, uh, so I mean that, I mean, that's it really, you know, if you, th- if you think about it like that, so in those circumstances, uh, I would have had another if I hadn't had to spend that, I would have had another 90k to play with, which would have been swapping out the chameleon skink for the crocs and uh, having the money in the bank. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a shame, uh, but I think it's, I think it's manageable. Um, have the chameleon skinks come to its own, I think a little bit here, because I mean, one of the ways it's the, the team's obviously been nerfed, but one of the ways it's it's been improved is the fact that the chameleon skink's actually a viable passer now. Um, well, yeah, he he is now the best uh, passing statistic on the on the team with a three plus. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And you don't have the um, minus for stunty anymore uh, for passing. It's easier mm-hmm. to interfere with a stunty pass or or what have you, deflect or or whatever the terminology is, uh, but you don't have the minus one for, for throwing. So, yeah, it's a, a viable option if yeah. you're in a position where you can't reach somebody to do a handoff. Uh, and they do have they do have the on-the-ball skill, which is good as well. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to mention that because that's covered on page 79. Of the rulebook, and it's one of the new skills that's sort of. Is it, it's a new skill that's added, added on yeah, this, so this it's, season. It's, yeah, it's a combined version of um, pass block and um, what's it called? Kickoff return, which is great for the money. You know, like in terms of if you get it as a, as a start skill, yeah, you're already covering three extra squares to get closer to the ball when you're. Uh, when you're on, uh, when you're receiving, but you've also got the um, uh, benefit of being able to uh, try and stick a tackle zone on uh, somebody who's trying to throw the ball as well. And with the way that um, I was reading earlier on, the way that dump off works now, so this is very situational, obviously. Uh, but if you're blitzing a player with dump off, uh, we've discussed previously that that um, the dump off happens before you make the uh, the blitz itself, so you, you're not in base contact with the player who's throwing. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, on the ball allows you to to uh, to move towards that player and put a tackle zone on them, 
before the blitz has hit them. So it allows that it's a, you're allowed to do it. Uh, you're allowed to use it on somebody who's doing uh, a dump off. So it could work quite in quite good synergy with that. So if you're playing Dark Hells and they've got a runner um, to clear a blitz for your Saurus, and you make sure you can get the Chameleon Skink on them um, before you've hit, even made the blitz, so they're they're getting the minus one on the dump off. Yep. So there's, there's a little bit of synergy in there, which is, which is quite nice as well, I think. Um, but yeah, it's a tough it's a tough team to start out with now. It is. I was I was really surprised to have to make such big compromises for a league team. Um, you know, right at the very the very beginning, by not having a big guy, by only being able to scrape up enough gold to get two re rolls. Um, yeah, I think know, once I you start once you start going, the re rolls aren't so much of a problem because they are really just for picking up the ball more than anything else. So the odd block that goes awry because you've got the dodge built in so whenever you're moving players it's it's likely to be um the skinks that are repositioning more often um so you've got the built-in rerolls for that and once you've got a first skill on the saurus so you're you're probably going to be a little bit more comfortable there but it's going to be a tough couple of games well but i guess that that's the natural lead into your team development focus yeah. Okay. So, uh, do you want me to go first again? Yeah, yeah. I think you should go first in, in this one. So, as far as the Saurus goes, I think you have to be pretty straight up with them and just it'd be similar to the old uh, progression that was in place previously, and that your first uh, skill would be a primary skill of your own choosing, and I would choose block. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to want to minimise turnover opportunities on this team very early on, in my opinion. So I would go a block with those guys. Um, for the for the majority of the the Soros, I would take for a second skill. I would take another primary, so that's on an additional eight SPP. Um, I would probably go an equal split of guard and mighty blow uh, for the most part. And then reverse that on the third skill if you got that far on early on. Um, I would have, depending on the league and the meta of the league, I would be inclined to have tackle as a second skill on one of them as well, uh, just to be able to hit um, uh, blodgers a bit more uh, reliably. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's mass, masses, massive opportunity for deviation in them. And I don't like the odds of getting a random skill on them for the Saurus. No. Um, skinks, on the other hand, so the Skink Runners, you know how previously we've been kind of a bit coy about chucking uh, a, a secondary skill on a player? I think this is one of the teams which would benefit from having at least one player who's got uh, a secondary skill um, fairly early on, and I think it's fairly achievable with a with a skink because they're going to be scoring your touchdowns. Um, That's true. So yeah. I think I would probably aim to have one of them um, get block the first one who hits twelve points. Uh, well, well. 
uh, for, I would aim to have one that was uh, hitting 12 points rather uh, to get to choose block um, early on as, as early as I could mm-hmm. um, and then the rest of them so the further progression on that I would have as random um, because this, the edge skills are, are all reasonably good you know I mean there's some some that are less good um, but I mean if you get sprint or sure feet or uh, not sure feet is sure feet in that I can't remember. Fucking sure, sure feet head, is, heads up my arse. Sure feet is uh, an agility yeah, skill. Sorry, sorry. Sprint, sure feet are great. Sidesteps, great. Um, defensive is useful. Jump ups, great. Leap will maybe let. So the ones that I'm not, I wouldn't be interested so much in are leap and uh, know, maybe safe pair of hands. But catch is fine uh, for handoffs. Diving catch is fine, although not maybe as good. Diving tackle is useful. Uh, defensive is great, like I said. Jump ups good. Uh, Side steps good. Sneaky gets even okay. Um, it's not great, but it's it's not the worst. So yeah, I would probably go down the random route with those um, for for other skills, and for for the rest of the skinks, I would just just go random. Keep that TV fairly low. Um, as a result, I think that's probably that's probably where I'd go with those guys. The chameleon is a bit of a weird one um, because it kind of, without having the passing uh, access on secondary skill, it's kind of almost kind of taunting you to take a secondary skill to get leader. But I think that would be a bad idea. And I think I would possibly try and chuck, um, try and get to six points on them and uh, just put dive and tackle on it. Because there's a sort of synergy with dive and tackle and shadowing. You're forcing players to make additional dice rolls, obviously, um, yeah. to get away from your player. Um, and then after that, I'd be tempted to just leave it in a random trajectory as well. But then possibly there's a, an argument for chucking a uh, sidestep on them uh, as well. Because uh, mm-hmm. sidestep, dive and tackle shadowing is going to be pretty annoying uh, if they can't knock them down. As far as the, the Crocs goes, I know I don't have the Crocs early on, but I'd be intending to get one. First skill, I think I would save up the extra. If it was a longer league, I think you would save up the extra to get a block. If it was a shorter league or a non-perpetual league, I think I'd go brawler. And then I would just do randoms for after for skills after that. So that's me. How about yourself? I'm afraid to say, rookie coaches, I am not going to stray too far from what Phil has already said. Um you know, you're going to get the impression that there's really only a there's a, there's a clearly defined route for our lizardman team to go down. So for for clarity's sake, for the six Soros blockers, their first skill would be a a planned progression. They would all get block to begin with, uh, and then their second skills again would be a planned progression. So you'd be waiting for till they get to. Uh, what is it? Eight star player points for their second, yeah. for their second um, 
chosen primary skill, two of them would get tackled, two of them would get guard, two of them would get mighty blow, so that the toolbox is there. Yeah. And then, as Phil mentioned, if the league is long enough for you to get a third skill, then they would get the reverse of what everybody else got. Um, yeah. you know, so you would you would have a, a, a combo of um, block, tackle, guard, block, mighty blow, tackle. Yeah, it's, they wouldn't they wouldn't be that exciting progression, but it would be planned. There'd be nothing random. Uh, the Soros blockers are, are keystones in the team, and you want to know exactly what they do. You don't want them turning up with random shit. Uh, so just forget about that. Uh, touching on the skinks, I think for the chameleon skink, he would be on a planned progression chain for me. Uh, and he would be getting sidestep pretty quick as his first, first skill. Um, and then I would be tempted to put defensive on him simply because with that combination of um, on the ball, shadowing and sidestep, there's a lot of movement when you're not actually uh, not actually in control of him, not in control of him, but it's not your turn. Mm-hmm. So he's going, to, he's going to be moving around the pitch quite a bit. And I think if he's got defensive you can engineer it so that he ends up, um, you know, nullifying a guard, a guard skill on your opponent's team during their drive, and that should, you know, fuck up their plans. Uh, that would that would be what I would do with the chameleon skink. Phil's approach is equally as good, um, just down to his his play style, uh, and then for the skink runners. I would, um, I would not go against Phil's advice and have a plan progression uh, for a secondary skill and give give one of them block. I think having a a bludgeon, um skink line runner, a skink runner would be fantastic. And then uh, for the next couple of them, having a, a random skill progression, uh, just rolling off of the agility table. Um, you know, three star, three star player points, and see what they get. You know, options on sidestep, sneaky get, sprint, sure feet, they're all good. Dive and tackle, good. As Phil mentioned, you know, the leap, maybe not. Safe pair of hands, no. Nah. But even at that, you can, you can still find a, still find a role for them. Um, you know, so. So yeah, rookie coaches, it's as we always say that myself and Phil don't collaborate on these lists, but yeah, there's it's a pretty clear path, I'm afraid to say. Yeah. I think the only other thing that's maybe worth considering is um chucking sure hands on uh, the chameleon. So that that's a potential for aiming for twelve uh SPP. Mm-hmm. On that, you know, because you've got your reroll light. Um, you don't have um, any general skill access on any of the skinks anyway. So I mean, sure, sure hands is a, a useful thing to have in those circumstances, I guess. But I don't know. I think you're, you're you'd be 
channeling a lot of star player points into it, and you're probably not going to score with the chameleon as much. Um, no, he's he's more for a disruption play. Yeah, I mean, he may be picking up the ball initially because he's got kick off off return, but you're going to be cycling that ball to uh, one of the other skinks um, fairly early on. I think well, uh, it's it's simply because they're faster as well. The other skinks. Yeah, I mean that plus one on the movement definitely makes a, a difference. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a strange one because they are a bit cookie cutter. I mean, there's, there's very little room for logical changes. I mean, I still don't, this is another team where I don't think I would even bother my arse to go anywhere near any of the, uh, uh, startups. Um, uh. Yeah, it's it's no. But you don't you don't need anything. You don't need anything specifically. I mean, in um, in the old days when break tackle was a bit more usable, I mean, I had I considered chucking it on a couple of the sorus to make them more um, easily positioned, uh, positionable, um, or repositionable rather. Uh, but. There's no point in that now. You know, I wouldn't. Uh, there's more value in removals with Mighty Blow and Guard and their synergy and tackle um, than there is in uh, repositioning. I think you're going to be a bit. It's going to be important to keep at least one uh, Saurus free at any one given time so you don't get pinned down now. Um, I mean, that's how most Lizard players will play it at the very least, is keeping one to yep. blitz the others off or blitz at least one other one free so you can create a bit more of a screen but um yeah it's a tough it's a tough one um as a lizardman player do i think that they are appreciably worse not massively because they're still a good team but they're all they're a lot harder to start with than they used to be mm-hmm. um which is uh gonna be interested to try out in league situations for sure yeah i want to touch on what you were saying because we've and i agree with you again sorry phil but once again we are going to completely ignore the characteristic improvements across the board um no forget about it for the skinks you're just not going to bother trying it Uh, and the same for the saurus but i wanted to explain my True thoughts, especially for the Soros, why you would just ignore the stat increases. First of all, the team value increase for strength is 80,000. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous. Prohibitive. It's not not something I would ever kind of want to yeah, put push precisely, into TV. No. Precisely that. But it's it's when you're reading it on page 71 and you've got the random dice roll to, you know, one to seven is movement or armor, you know, eight to 13 is movement, passing or armor, all that crap, um, except for 16, which is improve any characteristic of your choice by one. All the other options say, or you can choose a secondary skill. Okay. But for the Saurus, their secondary access is agility, and there is actually nothing in the agility table I would want to give a Saurus warrior. I saw his blocker, sorry. Uh, Compared to the primary the only, access. The only thing I would consider giving them 
no, maybe not compared to their. Um, I mean, defensive is okay, sidesteps okay, and at an absolute push, diving tackles okay. Dodge is a, is dodge is debatable because uh, yeah, it keeps them on their feet when they're uh, when they're being hit. But yeah, for the cost of the SPP involved in that, um, having yes. to spend. Uh, whatever it is, uh, 18 SPP on the first skill. And that's you deciding you're not taking block at that point, of course, as your first skill, which is a, yep. a reroll fail waiting to happen. Uh, if you des- if you decide to go on it after that, you're, you're waiting until you've got 38 uh, SPP in total. So, like, I don't, I don't believe... Uh, I don't believe I... I'm the same as you. I wouldn't take any of the secondaries uh, over block for a first skill and then yeah. the, the SPP is just too high after that to warrant putting into that exactly section. and I just I just wanted to you know quickly explain that and talk that through so that the rookie coaches understand that we're not just or I'm not just dismissing it out of hand you know there's there's valid reasons um, why it's not why it's not good not valid not, not viable it's not good and you're not going to get the return on the you know the investment of star player points that you've, you're going to have to get to get there. Yes, with the Soros blockers, you know the the clues in the name, kill them fucking block, and then take. Yeah, they 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 are aching to have block as a first skill across the yep. board, uh, for for reasons mentioned earlier in this in this section with uh, lack of rerolls because uh, they're just a turnover waiting to happen. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I don't know if you want to add anything more to the league side of things, but you know what? No, not really. I think we've we've covered it. You know, your first purchases are a, an apothecary, and then if you can get this money together to get the Croxagor, we've covered the skill development. You know, it's quite planned for the blockers, um, a little bit random for the skink runners, but you know, we're, we're both reading from the same page, and um. In that in that sense, and if if the rookie coaches go out there and follow our advice and don't have a good time, then they should contact us to tell us we're wrong. But I don't think we'll hear from them because you know what, rookie coaches, we never hear from you because we're always right. <laughs> uh, we occasionally get the odd comment uh, here and there, but it's usually uh, usually in agreement more than anything else. So exactly. yeah, I don't I don't think. Uh, I think we'll hear many people disagreeing with that um, no. that approach. Not so as, as far as uh, the next stage goes, where we look at um, tournament teams, um, just to remind everybody, when we look at tournament teams, um, it's sort of mostly based on the NAF championships, uh, which are split into uh, three tiers, quite handily like the tiering in the Blood Bowl rulebook itself. Um, Al mentioned earlier on that uh, when he was going through the uh, the team itself, that Lizard Men have got um, uh, they're in tier one. So with a NAF setup, it that means that they get six skills, um, six uh, primary uh, skills. Um, so, yes. uh, do you want me to go to first, or do you want to go first on this one? <laughs> 
Um, let me. I'll go first, but I am pretty damn sure we'll have the same roster because <laughs> yeah. it's pretty straightforward. So, uh, tier one team, one point one million, and I have got Croxgore. I have got six Soros blockers, and I have got four Skink runner linemen. Three rerolls comes out at perfectly at one point one million. So I I've gone differently from you here. <gasps> Jesus, really? Have you? Why? So you well, fucked up already? Well, no, I don't think I have because I've <laughs> I've I've played skinks, uh, well lizards enough at tournaments to know that. Uh, if you're playing an 11 man roster, uh, you're not going to have 11 men for very long. Um, I, I've i gone for the extra player um, at the expense of the reroll. Um, so I've got um, a Crocs uh, and then exactly the same as my league team six, uh, six Soros, four Skinks, and a Chameleon. Purely because the chameleon adds the uh, option of uh, last ditch passing as well, um, which may be the difference between a, a win and a draw, um, mm-hmm. or a or a loss and a draw. Um, so, I think that might just be, and I mentioned it before because I'm quite used to playing with with low levels of rerolls for the teams that I play. Um, but but I think. I think I would I would be happy playing with that. It's it's a, a bit of a pinch drop in a reroll, but I think I'd rather have twelve players than three rerolls. Yeah, I just can't I just can't see myself enjoying the game without at least three rerolls. That's my that's my N- never on it. never play Nurgle because <laughs> you're never going to get three. There we go. Don't have any plans to play Nurgle, thankfully. So, uh, but yeah, the, the I, I could see I, I could see your roster working when it works. Uh, but if you've got eleven players to kick off in the second half, in most games, I would be very very surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean. The, the first rule of playing lizard men is protect the skinks, but yep. it's very easy to, especially when you're on offense, uh, to end up in a position where you don't. Uh, that isn't possible. But also in defense, you tend to have to use them for assists because you come up against teams with lots of guards. Uh, it. So they do end up in the line of fire a fair bit. Um, and then in the last ditch efforts of offense, you tend to have to uh, go all in quite a bit um, and put them in harm's way. And it's very easy for that to just, just go south because um, people will target them. So I, I like to have the the extra body, I think. And I always I always have done. I know some folk take an, uh, take an apple in, uh, um, what do you call it? Um, BB 2016 rules um, just to, to give you that option of uh, if the Saurus go down, but I think it's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. I'd rather. Well, it's, it's good that we've went down a different path. I mean, it, at least the rookie coaches have got some, they've got different options, you know, and they're going to hear, they're going to hear about them. 
So what, what did you go for for skills with that then? Well, look, skills were pretty straightforward. Uh, I went, uh, put guard on the Croxagore, I put guard on one of the Soros blockers, and then I put four block on, on the other, on four other blockers, which leaves one Soros blocker naked and the four skink uh, line runners um, naked. Yeah, I've gone slightly different from you as well uh, with that, because, uh, well, quite different from you. I wouldn't put anything on the Crocs. Mm-hmm. It's a pain in the arse as it is anyway. Um, you're just going to be, and because you're not getting the skill extra to um, to reposition it, you're just going to be using that as a tie-up piece. I think there's, there's again, there's synergy regard with that. So I, But I wouldn't put anything on that. All of my skills would go on the Saurus. Um, and for me, it's a toss-up, depending on what the rule pack is like um, on six block or five block and one tackle. Yep. Um, and the reason behind that is six block on six strength pieces, uh, strength four pieces is tough to play against. And it's reasonably reliable with the having the two rerolls. If the rule pack benefited or made the likelihood of there being a reasonable amount of elf teams, I would consider taking a tackle piece. But I, with that, I'm always on the edge with tackle because um, it's very easy to um, take that tackle player out of the play. So you've just got um, um, you just end up with a, somebody parking a lineman on it and you can't get near anybody who's got dodge anyway, so you just end up in a position where you're not really adding value for money. So I'd be I'd be loath to stray away from the six block, and generally speaking, when I take lizards, unless I get a double, I always take six block on the Saurus. Yeah. Yeah, that's no bad thing, mate. I think uh, it's it's difficult. Um, Difficult to kind of know where where the meta for lizards is going to go now uh, because of that. I mean, you quite often get folk put in. I know some of the European uh, players put two tackle in. I think um, some of the Team England guys who've run lizards have put two tackle in as well um, and four block. But um, so that that is another option. But yeah, it's uh, it's a difficult one. There's not really much else. There's no, there's nothing else I would put anything on. A skill and a skink is a waste. Um, and like I say, I'm not I'm not convinced the the Crocs will give you bang for a buck either. Did you? Because I, I know our our rosters are, are slightly different, but they're they're on they're in the same ballpark. Um, so just a question. For you, as as the more experienced lizard band player, when you were putting together a tournament roster, was there ever a roster when you didn't have a croxagore? No. no, 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 not at all. They're annoying because of the prehensile tail. You know, I mean, um, they're not they're not as rep- uh, repositionable as they could be. Like if you if you've got the uh, the opportunity to put break tackle on them. Uh, break tackle was better in the old version. Um, it's still not horrendous on on a Crocs now, but it's not as good as blocking a Saurus. 
But I think I think having that prehensile tail there means they've either got to shift the crocs to reposition however many players you've tied up with it, or they've got to make a dodge at a minus one modifier. So it's it's a useful piece. Uh, it's got bonehead as well, so not uh, not bonehead, thick skull as well. Um, so it does have bonehead, but uh, it, it's got thick skull, so it means it's not, if it does go down, it's not getting knocked out um, as easily. I don't know, I just like it. It's one of, like I say, it's one of my favourite, uh, uh, one of my favourite uh, big guys. Um, yeah. Because it's, I, f- I think it's fairly useful in multiple situations. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't disagree. I just thought I'd put the question there if, um, you know, just based upon our uh, league rosters without the, without the Crocs, if there was ever a world where you would enter an event without a Crocs, but I, I, I wouldn't want to. Yeah, so, I mean, we can touch on this next because it's kind of next in our, our part on Lizards uh, or, or on our team for uh, for rookie coaches, uh, but I don't think there's a star player builder could, you can get in there that works either. No, no. Uh, again, I mean, that's, we're, we're suffering from a lack of star players for um, everybody. Uh, you know, and you've got the the couple that will play for anybody, you know, like Helmut Wolf, who we've already disregarded, um, you know, because he always fails, uh, even with, you know, the slight changes he's had in, in season two, Blood Bowl. Uh, who else is there? So they've got some they've got some good star players, but I don't think there's any um, any ones that would work particularly well in a in a tournament roster, so you get you've got access to Grack and Crumbleberry and Helmet Wolf. Like I said, you can play for anybody. Um, the White Dwarf, who I don't think offers much to this team, um, Zolkath the Zoot, who I don't think offers much to this team either. Um, certainly doesn't offer anything that the Crocs doesn't for a fraction of the price. Exactly. Um, the the ones that that open it up specifically in league play for me are Carla von Kill, Mighty Zug, and Morg. Um, Carla von Kill is a really useful player in this team uh, if you can induce them because they're a strength four ball carrier, um, and you've got six strength four players uh, to protect that strength four ball carrier. Um, so. I think if you can get if you got the ball in her hands, uh, you've got you've got options. Um, Zugs useful. I mean, if you were down the cro- if the Crocs was off, uh, like so, if you had a Crocs that was MNG or what have you, and you had enough inducements to induce Mighty Zug, he's two hundred and twenty. Uh, that would be a good inducement. Um, and Morg would be useful at this team as well because he's a strength six ball carrier. Um, and he's 340 and I think this would be one of the teams where you know if if I only had 150 to play with uh, I would definitely take a wizard over Helmet Wolf yes. but if I had more than that I would consider taking one of those three star players if I had that sort of level of money um, 
any any thoughts on that side from yourself? Or? Yeah, they're all very similar, sad to say. I mean, I looked at Carla Von Kell as the sort of top of the shopping list. Um, yeah. When it came to star players myself. Uh, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's nice when we agree with each other, but if I had 150, I'd buy a wizard over Helmet Wolf every single time. Yeah. He's just a liability. Um, like you know. I think he's got. I think he's got better in this uh, this thing because he's got uh, he's got pro. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, and he's got that special rule with the uh, the armor. Uh, once a game, he can reroll a an ar- a single dice of his armor roll. So you can effectively bribe him. Uh, without uh, using a bribe for one turn, mm-hmm. if he rolls a double uh, on the armor roll only. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, like I said, I think Carla's definitely the uh, the the one to go for. And I don't, I don't, we haven't spoken about her before, have we? So, no. Our view of her, um, she she's movement six, strength four, edge three plus, passing four plus. AV nine plus, and she's got block, dauntless, dodge, jump up, and loner four plus. She's two hundred and ten k, and her special rule is indomitable. Once per game, when Carla successfully rolls to use her dauntless skill, she may increase her strength characteristic to double that of the nominated target of her block action. So that means all you need is one assist in, on that particular thing, and you've got a three dice block on uh, on a big guy. So, yeah, I think she's pretty pretty handy. She's great on offense and defense. Um, and like I said, I, th- I think if if I'd lost the Crocs for any reason, Zug would probably be like high on the list because he's he's got block um, and uh, no negatrait, um, so he's like a a useful ogre. But um, yeah, I think it would really depend on what I was playing against as to. Whether I picked him over Carla, yeah, yeah, I, no, it's 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 slim pickings again, but at least there are pickings to be had. It's a it's a shame because they've dropped a lot of the the sort of interesting uh, star players. I think is probably the best way to go. I was having to think about that before, and um, like I really liked uh, what are they called drool and dribble. Uh, the uh, uh, skink uh, star player combo that you used to uh, get in the last last thing because mm-hmm. they they were only 190k and you got both of them for that and one was uh, like a stabby guy and the other one was a full on foul merchant uh, so they made quite a nice uh, they added a bit extra to the, the roster um, so I was sad to see them kind of parked um, Anki Panky, the amazingly named Anki Panky, I was, <laughs> uh, who was effectively um, what's this Slibley's uh, replacement, uh, is a bit of it's a bit of a pest losing him because he had, he played that kind of uh, roided up uh, um, Soros role uh, quite well with with uh, block grab and stand firm and the extra movement built in. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't but... I wasn't overly sad to see Glottal stop though because I felt he was a bit. Pointless, but yeah, I, I really, I really hope we get some more star players uh, added soon. 
Um, I expect that they will. I mean, it's you know, it's good that you know there's models for all the guys that we've currently got available, from what I hear, and um, you know, hopefully they they do that moving moving forward. Yeah, I think the only one that's uh, that was in that's in the rule book, the the core rule book that doesn't have a model now is uh, Rumbelow's sheepskin. <laughs> um, I think because they released Skrull Half Height and uh, Gretchen uh, Vachter, uh in the last uh, round of uh, Forge World releases, uh, yeah. um, and I think in the spike for Necro, the ones that aren't released from that are Frankenstein and Wilhelm Cheney. Uh, so yeah, I, I get that they're probably tr- trying to. Make sure they've got models available for these players, so people can actually use them, and that they're 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 more inclined to use the GW ones rather than go to uh, uh, third parties to mm-hmm. uh, to get them. But yeah, I think I don't know. So since the the last episode, there's been an announcement on what the next spike is as well. So the next spike is the uh, is a spike for the. F- Fucking Imperial Nobles and Black Orcs, uh, which I'm not sure if you're the same as me on this one, but I think it's fucking pointless at the moment because <laughs> they've just come out and they're just in the box set. Uh, so, <sighs> bit, of a, bit of a swerve. I don't know if they'll add any star players to that, um, but I mean, like, f- fuck knows. You know, like, uh, I, I didn't get the impression that there was there was going to be much in there already, other than uh, ball rules and pitch rules and fluff. Yeah. What you know before we touch on what you were saying there, the the one thing we should quickly backtrack for the rookie coaches is um, for the lizards' ability to win a tournament. Um, so we mark this out of ten. So I would say. Obviously, ten being yep nailed yes. on favourites, and one being bleh, no chance. I would say you're going to see you're still going to see lizard teams up there in the top, at least one lizard team in the sort of top runner tables. I'd say they were slightly less likely to win tournaments now than they were, mm-hmm. um, but I'd still say they were probably an, a seven or an eight. Yes, yeah, I would. They're still a really, really good team. For me, I would, I would have them as an eight. Yeah, you I know, think, I would. Ex- I think it, I w- yeah, I would expect to see a lizard team finishing sort of fifth, fifth in an event. You know, yeah, of- I mean, you, yeah, you will get them winning the odd one as well. Uh, but yeah, I'd say you're probably accurate, pretty accurate with that. Hovering around the top tables. Um, so yeah, no, um, if rookie coaches are, are considering it, at an event like the NAF Championships 1.1, I think they're a solid, reliable team that you can play. Uh, you know, having, having heard Phil present his roster, I would, I would be more inclined to go with his. Um, with the extra man and the two re-rolls, just hearing him talk about it and and knowing that he's got more experience than I do in this respect. Uh, but again, that would be up to the, the rookie coaches. And as always, we would encourage you guys to to use both rosters 
and see which one you know you're you're more attuned to. Um, and now we can go back to complaining about Spike Magazine if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just think it's it's a a missed opportunity to give us something new. It's literally a cash grab. This one. Yeah, I can't it, see any benefit to it. And it's literally because the box sets for each of those teams are coming out. They've got they've already got them tooled. They've already made loads of them. Uh they just needed to make the packaging and it's an easy twenty quid in their pocket or whatever, however much teams are these days. Um yeah, I'm disappointed. I really am. Because I would have liked to have seen one of the teams that we haven't had yet reworked, like um, Amazons or um, Vamps or something like that. Um, before I saw that, I would also have preferred to have seen some of the teams that didn't get a spike um, in the last um, round that were in the death zones. So like Dwarves, Skaven, uh, Orcs and Humans. Even if they'd done Orcs and Humans as a split this time, and refreshed them and brought in some of the, some more star players that way. Um, it might have been quite nice, uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm over I'm over this one. I'll still fucking buy it though because I'm a dick. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, but I'm disappointed, son. Yeah. I am disappointed. Fair enough. So then, with that wrapping up. The rookie coaches section. Uh, I wish them all the best of luck uh, with the lizards. Um, that kind of wanders us on to best endeavours. Yes. What, what are we hoping for for next time? I mean, as we've as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I I succeeded. I made hobby space. So I'm pretty fucking chuffing myself already. Yeah, I think I'd be disappointed if you haven't painted anything next time. Yeah, well, look for me next time because we're obviously we've run a bit of a shorter um, recording schedule for for this, you know, from last episode to this episode. Uh, but we should have a, at least a full month now in between eps and eps, fucking <laughs> dick, in between episodes. So I would say that I should have my expanded Imperial Nobility team fully constructed. Because uh, I've, I've picked up a few other sprues, so I can add, you know, chop and change a few, you know, retainers or line or whatever makes them more linemen, um, so that it's a full, foolish roster that I'll that I'll be um, working with. Uh, yeah. I would expect I would expect them constructed, based, undercoated. Uh, I would say the base colours on everything. Actually, fuck it. I'll have them finished. Bold, bold, bold statement. Balls to the wall. I'll, um, I'll have them finished. Yeah, that's that, it. That, that'd be a good place to be in, I think. And it would be a good achievement, considering you've had uh, so little hobby over the last year. Um, on that side, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing where you get to with that one. Yeah, and um, obviously I'll update pictures on the Two Guys One Dice Cup Facebook page and Facebook group uh, to let everybody know how we're doing. But I think with the colour scheme that I've chosen, 
you know, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, should be achievable, and and I'm not using any sort of weird advanced techniques. So, yeah, no, I'm going to have a team built painted. I think it will end up being 16, 17 models, 17 or 18 models. Having the same yeah, team. with Griff uh, involved, yeah. Um, no, that'd be good. You, you plan on buying anything? Nope, nope, not planning on spending any money. Good luck, that'll be the bit I'll fail. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think other than maybe a few little hobby supply things, uh, I don't plan on spending any money on miniatures. Oh, god, that's a, it's a lie. We both know that's a lie. Yep, well. We'll find out in episode twelve. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Phil? What's your what's your claim to fame? What are you so I'll, I'll probably have made a start in the uh, um, the Grebo Black Orcs um, myself. Uh, by and my intention would be to get well underway with them by the next uh, ep- episode. Um, they're next on now that I've finished Glart, uh, they're next on the list. Um, so I'll, I'll be piling through them. Um, I don't know, probably not much else. If I get bored partway through them, I might do some more work on my wood elves. Uh, but um, I'll see, I'll that, see what I get to. What were that commission piece you were talking about for? So uh, the agreement I have with McNugget is that it will get done after I've done my Black Orc team. So okay. um, it's uh, not right at the front of the queue uh, with that. Um, so um, I might I might start building that one if I have a particularly bad day where I hate myself a lot. Uh, I might start building that one, or if I'm feeling really really positive one day, I might build <laughs> that one. Uh, but uh, I think um, as far as painting that one goes, no, I'll, I'll I want to get my own team finished first and I had had that discussion with him very early in the uh, the conversation because uh, I'm not a, a regular commission painter I do I do the odd one here and there and um, I, I neglected my own hobby for a long time uh, so I'd like to get a bit more done on, on that and I want a team to play as when we get back into playing uh, that's new and I want to play the Black Orcs so they'll get done um, what else is there? What else is there? No, nothing. And as far as buying goes, I'm kind of the same as you. I'm not keen on buying anything at the moment, and there's not really much coming in the schedule of stuff um, on GW that I'm overly keen on at the moment. Uh, the only thing that I might pick up um, if it appears is the uh, Seraphon Underworlds Warband. Because uh, I think Fair that that might be out soon, and the um, uh, if the if they release some new Cordor models or Redemptionist models for Necromunda, I would consider buying them. But um, I that's it. Yeah, I will insert something here in this section, which is relevant. So I know I've, I've mentioned before that I'm saving I'm saving up a big a pool of money. For a 3D printing project, yeah, you know, and we'll, we'll obviously this will rumble on throughout the year as um, as it all progresses. Uh, I've mentioned before that I'm selling off some random projects that I've not even started, or you know, blisters of things that I've just accumulated. 
the one other sort of big thing in my collection of models that I'm earmarking for sale is my um, I've got a, a, quite a large bolt action army for the Soviet Union and it was one of the first armies I collected and you know over the years I've added units and more units and more units and more and more and more and I, it's, it's gotten to be quite a large collection now uh, most of which barely gets used just because it's you know different units fall out of favor you know for games etc so I've I've been doing a bit of research on the best way to sell it uh, to sell it on and a lot of people are suggesting that I should just break it up into smaller component armies to sell like for for new new players so yeah and and that's what I'm going to do I'm going to do an audit of all the models and then write up some army, army list and sell them and the goal for money from that or for some of it would be to reinvest it in new Soviet models because I still want an army for <laughs> yeah. the Soviet Union <laughs> it's not that I don't like full action or I don't like that army but I want something that's more focused uh, and historically I hate historically but you know historically uh, there were battles fought by uh, Navy sailors you know, in, in battles like for Stalingrad and Leningrad or, you know, fucking whatever, when mm -hmm. ships were ships were cut off from the sea, they pulled all the sailors off, gave them rifles and said, right, fuck off, go and, go and fight a battle. So there are miniatures of these sailors, and um, I just thought having a whole army of uh, sailors running about would be pretty cool. Um, that might be the only purchasing that I do, depending on how my sales go. Okay, no, that, that makes sense. A bit of a hobby, um, pl plastic uh, pile of shame audit every now and again, and sort of like you say, reinvesting in something you actually might want to play yeah. as, or give you a uh, refresh or reinvigorate your your hobby on that side is, is yeah. good. Um, I, I've considered selling stuff as well, some of my stuff as well, because I've got loads of things sitting around that I'll never get around to as well. So. Um, I've kind of been putting it off with the pandemic, but I should probably get around to doing that as well myself. Yeah, well, the, the, the good thing I've found is that there are still people out there buying buying stuff. Um, you know, so I haven't I haven't had to wait around for too much of my stuff to sell, which has been pretty good. That's good, yeah. Oh, the one dumb thing that you've got to be aware of is the postage costs to Europe and America. Fuck. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Fucking Jesus. Fuck stupid motherfucking Brexit. Yeah. Jesus um, Christ. Like, uh, to send a blister pack to America costs £10.95. What a uh, sack of dog sticks. Like, you feel so sorry for the Yanks when they're paying for it. Um, you know, and you're up front about it, but you feel like you're a thief. But it's equally as it's equally as much of a bollock coming the other way as well, and it's so inconsistent as well. You know, like I know, um, so Grebo, um, I haven't had any charges on any of their stuff through at all. Um, I've, there's a couple of other things on Kickstarters that I'm waiting for that I'm kind of expecting to get charged for as well. So it's just such a a bit of a waiting game. Uh, we're buying and selling stuff, and like you said, selling, sending things abroad is just 
ridiculous. Even to Europe now, uh, still it's now ridiculous. Yep. Um, just with packet packet prices and stuff like that, what a pain in the hoop. Yeah, you just have to you just have to be upfront, and and it puts people off off purchase and stuff. But well, I, is- I, I've kind of cut back on what I'm buying from abroad, full stop, uh, until things have evened out a little bit, and there'll no doubt be other trade deals put in place that'll make things a little bit easier and smoother. Um, and once people get their heads around how things work, it'll be a bit easier as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm not I'm not selling. I'm not buying anything from abroad much at the moment, um, and I, I've always been kind of sort of semi-reluctant to send abroad as well because uh, it's an always an, a pain in the arse knowing whether it's going to turn up because some some countries postal services are are abysmal, uh, like the states is one. Uh, it's it's Italy. Yeah, postal services awful. Italy, Spain, awful. France seems to be hit or miss from experience with uh, sending things over there to people. So once bit and twice shy with that, I tend to only sell in the UK if I if I can get away with it. But I have sold abroad abroad before, um, but it's it's just an unnecessary hassle. I think made even worse by current situation. Yeah. Well. Rookie coaches and listeners, on that positive note, as um, both myself and Phil hate Brexit, yeah, uh, I think we'll both sign off there. All right, that's us. We're all done. Enjoy the train. Thank, thank you for enjoying episode eleven. Flat out like a lizard drinking, and we'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye.